This episode of TGC Podcast is sponsored by Acts 29 with an invitation to their 2024 Next Conference happening April 15th through the 17th in Dallas, Texas. You don't want to miss this great lineup of speakers, including Sam Albury, Matt Chandler, Brian Loritz, John Piper, and more. The Next Conference will equip and encourage church planters and church leaders of all types for church ministry. To learn more and register for Next, visit acts29.com slash next. TGC podcast listeners will receive a special discount of $20 off registration prices by using the code TGC. Again, visit acts29.com slash next. That's acts29.com slash next. This episode of TGC Podcast is brought to you by Crossway. The magnificent story of God's redemptive work through Christ comes alive in a fresh way with the ESV Audio Bible, now available with new voices, including Conrad and Bayway, Jackie Hill Perry, and Ray Ortland. Download the ESV Bible app on your phone or visit esv.org to learn more about these and other new audio features. You're listening to the Gospel Coalition Podcast equipping the next generation of believers, pastors, and church leaders to shape life and ministry around the gospel. Today, you'll hear from three spoken word artists as they perform various scripture-based compositions and share about how the gospel shapes their craft and fuels their mission. This performance and Q&A session was originally delivered at TGC's 2018 Women's Conference. On warm and sunny days, she likes to stroll the sidewalks with low-cut shirts and high-cut shorts. She likes to let her thighs talk. Her self-esteem went missing, so she lets her pride walk, using her body as bait so when they pray, their eyes stalk. She lives in the city, but in a state of worthlessness. She only hears that she's pretty when she's offering her services. Her value indeed exceeds a 20, but she's never heard of this. Driven to keep sinning, no idea what her purpose is. When she doesn't clock in, her diet consists of shakes or broke fast. Her boss provides on-job training with constant abuse and growth fest. Her only sense of home is a lonely room full of roaches. All signs in her mind lead to a road feeling hopeless. She's got to work the streets. She's got to work to eat. She tried the nine to five and said, yo, it didn't work for me. It hurts to see everyone else but her make it. Since her uncle took her purity, she finds nothing else sacred. Full of anger, he goes out with his buddies, Jack and Daniel. Drinking his problems away because they're more than he can handle. Thinking of ways he can cover up his recent scandal. All the while remembering the family picture that sits on his lovely mantle. His wife is just a handful. He says she just doesn't understand. He kept pitching an open marriage, but she never caught his underhand. Remembering his vows, he doesn't mind another man. His sin is killing him softly like that 90s summer jam. On the other hand, his wife is concealing her own struggles, binge shopping and online shopping with another man that appears subtle. She idolizes looks so his Facebook flirting don't spell trouble. 
starved for attention, leading a life that is double? Or what about that young man with no type of father figure? All he knows is triggers of strife that we see in crime scene pictures. Or what about that young girl who's a mom to her younger sisters? Every night, mama's cracked out, but she still lines them up to make sure they kiss her. Oh, what about that young lady in her late 20s with no babies? Late night date nights consist of fitting rooms at her local Macy's, hoping she'll get a call back that would turn a no to a yes or even a maybe. With no one to love her, leads her to compromise her worth greatly. Oh, what about that Muslim woman who lives on the other side of town she sneaks learning English when her husband is not around. Eye contact is made at the local park, but your mouth doesn't utter a sound. Struggling to find a topic so you quickly drop it like a pound. These are the stories of those around, or maybe including ourselves. Are we so consumed with busyness or letting fear keep us in our shells? He didn't let you die in your own sins. His grace served as our God rails. The remedy for the lost is the story of the cross and the hard nail. So let's face it. These could be another life wasted. Who's going to show them patterns of Christ if we first don't try to trace it? That's a hard truth. So we call it a massive hit. My women, it's about time to get your passions lit. We too look in the wrong places when God's love is more than adequate. We need a model Christ, yo. Forget Cosmo's fashion tips. Be clothed in honesty and modesty, yo. He'll even let you bask in it. Good news, there's mercy for you. Mercy me, can you imagine it? Once you resign to your old self, your life is under new management. So let him be your boss. Let him be the king of your heart. He knows how to get to the roots of the problem once things fall apart. Be set apart by God's grace. He'll keep you loving it. Let the old pass away. Be made new just like his covenant. Three nails plus one cross, yo. Forgiveness, that's the sum of it. So when this world keeps coming at you with these two hands, keep shoving it. Some can't grasp this. No longer passive, yo. I got to move aggressively. See, I didn't understand my own destiny because God used to be dead to me. Forget the fashion labels, yo. I rocked sin heavily. But through his imputed righteousness, yo, it canceled out the mess in me. So when this world is depressing me, I guard my heart with this breastplate, emphatically reading this love letter, reminding me this is the best date. So stop with the what ifs. Let me go back. Kind of got passionate there. So, gracious Father, you are bigger than our worst sin. Compassionate God, you came just as a tiny person. Maintained your deity despite the whips and the cursing to be our imperishable hope. So let us come and worship. So stop with the what ifs. Why not now proclaim the gospel? Our cities are full of dry bones, yo. We just call them walking fossils. Things will get hostile, but are you willing to take a stand for God's truth? Our brothers and sisters are on the front lines overseas on the mission field. Their life and death is a living proof. So remember those single moms, broken wives, runaways, and dope dealers. 
Be willing to intersect your life with theirs and become a hope dealer. Thank you. Check, check, check. So imagine if depression or despair were a cold gust of wind. What would you say to it? This next piece is called Despair, and it's based off of Psalm 42 to 43. You slip through the seams of my scarf. Down my neck, chest crept into my heart. Blew in from the endless sea, came with the salty mist on which with cracked lips I would feed. As I would peer into a dark blue and gray landscape, standing on a massive, jagged cliff. Day after day, watching, alone, waiting for my hope. Once I thought I heard through your shrill whispers, melodies, a great throng, joyful shouts and songs. Oh, sweet memories you brought, making my hope seem but a dream. And even white froth below kept watching me, mocking me, saying, where is your hope? Their certainty seemed sureties. Had my hope forgotten me? I tightened my scarf to recall that old warmth now so far from me. When suddenly your bitter gusts became rough, pushed me so hard I felt compelled to jump into the wide open moaning mouth of the turbulent water swallowed up just to escape your icy touch. So you rushed through under around above me sweeping swiftly just to pick me up with your numbing clutch. But gravity let my heavy heart win or lose. I wasn't sure for I could not swim and I found myself engulfed, unable to breathe, calling in the deep waves and breakers over me when another song I'm certain I heard, steady, sure words, strong and gentle tune. The voice of my hope raised me up to burst through the turmoil underneath so you blew harder upon the sea trying to drown me but I was safe. For wave after wave turned out to be grace upon grace over me. Therefore praise and more praise I will yet give to my hope, my salvation, even when you slip through the seams of my scarf again. Aren't they dope? <laughs> All right. Was that a yes or just like a... Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're there. Just trying to get this thing right. Um, super excited to be here at TGC. This is my first time. Um, so I'm pretty ecstatic about that. Um, didn't know this many of you would be here. I thought I was going to be like two. Let's take a moment to pray. Is that cool? All right. Um, Lord God, just thank you. I thank you for... Your amazingness, I thank you for this opportunity uh, just to be here with so many amazing women. My prayer is that you would only allow this, the truth of my heart 
to run free from my lips today, God. Don't even allow me to say anything that's not like you. I desire to speak truth to your people. I desire to speak truth to these women. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy Thy kingdom come, thy Thy kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is on earth. Sorry, baby. (laughs) Give us this day um, our daily bread. Man, I'm so hungry. Um, Sorry, distracted. Uh, Uh, Forgive me of my trespasses. Even though I have forgiven those who have trespassed against me, no need to ask to be led not into temptation. I visit so frequently. I know the way on my own now, and a life of sin leads to hell. I guess that's why they call it playing with fire, and I am an aspiring pyromaniac. Uh... Deliver me from evil, if that means you won't take my hopes, dreams, goals, and aspirations away. Um, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through him. Okay, so I'm good now. <laughs> okay. Um, giving honor to God, who is so not the head of my life. What? Uh, the Lord my God is one Lord, and I love the Lord. Part of my heart, part of my soul, part of my strength, part, part, part. Um, God, I want to know you. I want to know you in the power of your resurrection. In the f- 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 I want to know you in the power of your resurrection. In the f- 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 Do I really have to suffer? God, it's me. It's me, God. I love you. I love you when I pray and when you give me what I want. I love you and I see your goodness in the rising of my bank account. What in the world? Okay. Uh. <clears throat> Father, it's, it's, it's me, uh, and I'm not really concerned, because, you, you know, you, you know my heart. I mean, you know that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, but I'm okay. I'm not really worried about what y'all think about me, because only God can judge me. God, who judged Adam and Eve's exit past cherubim and sword, judged the world by relentless storm, unreleased Israelites unleashed plagues on Sodom and Gomorrah, fell burning stone, and it literally rained flames. But I, I see you as my captain. I received my orders, and my response to you was always, I, I, captain, I, 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 captain, I, captain, have hooked onto my own will, haunted by the tick-tock of crocodile swallowed clocks. I feel time is going to bite me, yet still, with your grace, I take risks and jump off cliffs, assuming I will never land, I refuse to grow up. The Eve in me keeps tripping. Call me nightfall. One who knows you have a plan for me while devising my own in the dark. Constantly staying in nearby reach of the enticing forbidden fruit of my own will, conveniently hanging low from the one tree I can't seem to stay away from. I recently noticed my husband getting dressed by putting on a front and a smile when he asked me for quality time or even another child. I served him a plate of guilt with the sight of God comes first. Besides, you know, having another child would slow me down from doing your, my, your, my, your, my, your, my will. Uh, even when the shoe don't fit, I still wear it. Hopping in vans to converse with people across the world, helping them find new balance. Biting off more than Jimmy could chew. Placing off my, myself on high heels, prostituting talents, still trying to streetwalk, but my soul is busted. You see, you should weigh everything that he says and everything that she says and everything that I say, wait a minute, everything that I say, yes, everything that I say with the word of God. 
But even the Bible and personal study time have become a mere resource for information so I can appeal smarter amongst people. Talking dispensationalism and complementarianism and anthropomorphism and antinomianism, exclusivism, cessation of presuppositionism and monogism before ever even mentioning the gospel. I mean, I, I want to be amongst the quotable. But what is theology if my biology doesn't reflect the doxology constantly audibly speaking of his sovereignty? Will I declare his truth but live out my rebel autonomy compliment me? Thanks so much, sis. Oh no, <laughs> all glory to God, false modesty. See, I hear, I hear the mirror of cocks crowing. I see the echoing feet of my brain-scattered disciple. Feel my paralleled life crying, give me Barabbas. I smell the mimic exchange of change and kiss for betrayal. And you know, I know what I need. What I need is to get on social media, vent about my feelings, bear myself in hopeful responses only to still not be satisfied. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Sometimes I just gotta take control because it's much easier for me to take the risk of my bad decision that I can physically see than to trust an all-knowing, perfect, sovereign God whom I can't see. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you. You messed up, I know. What were you thinking? I don't know, I need another chance again. Yes, again, you might as well just stick to your own ways considering how many times you've made this profession before. You should really be ashamed how long you've been saved. Gee... Just paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. See, I have been walking as though the gate is wide. This is nothing honorable, Muhammad. This Mayweather will make you comfortable. And those who reject it will see each woman and each woman I'm seeing this Mayweather will make you comfortable. And I've taken for granted the grace of being able to walk freely under the sugar rays of the sun. And those who reject it will send each woman and each man packing. How terrifying does that image of eternal departure have to be before I come to realize that I am in a position where my arms are too short to box with God. See, everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. We do it to receive, they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we're imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. So do not live as a queen, I live as slave. So, so you need to know that even the very crown I attain will be cast next to the place where tears are shed of undeserved grace, where hymns of garments and broken elements of alabaster boxes lay. See, I want to be like Jesus, but Jesus said, I have come to do the will of my Father. I want to be like Jesus. And Jesus said, it is my food to do the will of the one who sent me. I want to be like Jesus, but Jesus said, so that the world may know that I love the Father. I do exactly as a Father has commanded me by the grace of God. I'm going to be like Jesus. I pray that my circumstances and my, my letdowns and even my desires and my my distance and my trying to reach out for his consistency will no longer change based on my, my, my current circumstance. I pray that my affection for him will no longer change. I pray that he will continue to have his way when facing adversity, a fathomless pain when my mind can't conceive why he took my grandmother away. When another trial shows up for an extended stay after the last one barely went away. Whether a bound or a base, I want him to have his way. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in me is sure to see it through to completion. I'm not perfect, but I'm striving for perfection after the one who is. But there is coming a day 
when he will return and we will all be perfectly made like him. So when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot that was taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with You want to take that mic and I'll sit there. Um, well, welcome to our session. Uh, did you guys like that? Okay. All right. I was thinking we could go another hour. That's, oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, my name is Kina Aragon. Um, so we're just going to share a little bit about ourselves, and then we'll pretty much just open up the rest of the time for any Q&A uh, that you may have. So this session is called True and Beautiful Words for Weak and Weary Pilgrims. Um, so I wanted us to just start out with our names, where we're from, where you live, what are your current ministries? What are you up to? Um, so my name is Kina Aragon. I am was born in the Philippines, raised in Orlando. I now live in Tampa with my lovely husband, who's in the front row. I think he's the only two of men here, um, John. And uh, we have a beautiful two-year-old daughter who's getting spoiled at Disney right now with my mom uh, in, in Orlando. But uh, we serve at Living Faith Bible Fellowship, and we serve as... Yes. All right. Um, we serve as small group leaders and uh, ministry leaders for the small group. So um, that's kind of what we're up to. Uh, and you guys have mics. Awesome. Um, what's up, everybody? Uh, my name is Alicia Horton, uh, currently located in Long Beach, California, originally from Kansas City, Missouri. Um, my husband and I are church planners, um, and we lead a Reach Fellowship. And... Um, we have three beautiful kids, a 14-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 4-year-old. Um, so this is not my gig full-time, but these are things when given opportunity, I like to be able to express. Um, but yeah, so um, any other questions? Where do you live again? Long Beach, California. Long Beach. Yeah, so that time zone change. I'm like, if you see me and yeah. I like look like a zombie, <laughs> just say, oh, it's okay, baby, because I'm trying to get that time zone now, so... Uh, my name is Genetics. I am from Los Angeles. Um, that's where I live currently, but I am moving to Atlanta in August. Uh, it's like the black Jerusalem. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know how we're going. Um, uh, I am married to um, what I prayed for, who I prayed for, which was a sanctified thug. Um, <laughs> My husband went to the Master's Seminary. He has a very dark brother with dreadlocks who was from J Jacksonville, Florida. It's like the hugest oxymoron ever. Duval, represent. Uh, 
he'll be so happy to, for that to happen. Um, I, um, we have a beautiful daughter. Her name is Amaris Mahogany. She turned one today, so my heart is a little bit breaking. Uh, but it's, it's, it's so like fulfilling to be here as well. Um, so that's kind of what's the deal. Is, um, we have served in ministry uh, both together and, and uh, at Fairview Heights in the city of Inglewood. Um, we've been there for the past like six years. Uh, that's about it. Awesome. Um, so I wanted to start out just asking both of you or all of us, um, how did you become involved in poetry or rap and how does the gospel shape your craft and fuel your mission? So why don't we start with that first one? How did you become involved in poetry? Um, I started out when I was younger, um, and to be honest, it was because my husband was already doing Christian rap, and I'm like, guys can do it, girls can do it too, right? Um, and so he was involved in that heavily in the church that we were that we both actually met at, and um, that kind of like sparked my interest. I remember vacuuming one day and just trying to like recite some things. I'm like, okay, this sounds good, and so I actually I wrote both pieces. I would write poetry as well as like raps, and so. Um, I did that for a few years, but I mean, being a mom, being a full-time ministry, being a full-time seminary, just took a lot of my time to that. And so, um, so yeah, that's how I started. But as far as like the gospel, I feel like the things that God has done in my life and the experiences that I have went through, um, both as a single person and as a married person, as a mom, you know, and um, all those have kind of shaped shaped my my worldview and how I view things and how I view people. So I like to listen to stories and, and hear what people are going through and try to connect with them in order to that include that in my piece because I see the gospel as being redeemable and redeeming people's stories and turning it for the good. And so God has definitely given me that um, that passion to do that when given the opportunity. I mean, from cutting cucumbers and putting on my son's plate and trying to write things, I have to balance that time. But I'm thankful for the times that God has woken me up and given me something to write down. And so, and when I have been able to use it, um, somebody was like, hey, thank you. That really spoke to me. So I see that as God using that in that way and how the gospel has shaped, you know, what I view about the world and how I can connect with it using the art. So. Is on me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> well, um, I started actually doing, my mom was a poet, um, and I would like read through a lot of her journals sometimes, and sometimes try to erase her name and put mine, take it to school. Steve <laughs> <laughs> Uh And then I started trying to do poetry in church, and then they told me that I couldn't do my type of poetry in church because it was a bit too, too, uh, too it, we weren't dealing with those type of issues in church. Um, and so, um, as I got older, um, very, I have a very musical family, so I grew up in the 90s. Nobody asked the age thing, but I grew up in the 90s. And um, so, we were very much into hip-hop, and, and poetry was a big deal. Um, it was really at a peak at that time, and I fell in love with the art on a place called Limerick Park in uh, Los Angeles, which was a really dope spot for poetry, and that was the first time I actually got on the stage and got booed because I was used to being in the church, and they, you know, you mess up, and they're like, it's okay, baby, just keep going. <laughs> oh, no, that's not what happens in Limerick Park. You get booed. And then on top of that, I'm talking about Jesus, and everybody else is talking about, you know, running barefoot down D'Angelo's cornrows. I know some of you don't know D'Angelo is, but he's a black man with cornrows. And so, so he, um, at that point, I realized how much power that words had. And I realized that I also could not be mediocre, mediocre at my craft and just hide in the fact that I was a believer and just, I wanted the art to be able to stand and withstand to reach unbelievers, but also be for the believer as well. But in order to do that, I believe that there was a certain quality of poetry. So I think that it's an, it became really important to me to understand the art of poetry, to understand 
um, the literary devices to understand what a double entendre was, what a pun was, how could I, kind of sh how could I shape this in a way so it would land on ears and people would be intrigued. And, and there was a, a time where they were like, I don't, I don't even understand your gospel, but I'm going to give my ear to you because we're at that place. Um, and so from that point, I just continued doing, doing poetry and music. Um, as far as how the gospel has, has fueled it, um, I have a strong, strong passion for the word of God. Um, and so when you understand something to be true, I th and you understand that it has the power to change, to heal, to transform. It's kind of like if, if I had the, the cure for cancer, I would, I would go around telling the whole world about it. But we have the cure to something far greater because it's, it, it's regarding a life that would be in eternity after all of this is over. Um, so my strong passion for the word, but also too, like, I mean, what are we thinking about the gospel? The gospel is Christ, you know, completely God, but came down here and walked out this hypostatic union, right, of, of being fully God and fully man. I just like to throw those words out because my husband went to seminary and now I can say those type of things, right? You know, this hypostatic union, you know? And so he's here and he's fully God and he's fully man and he, he, he walks through life this whole time having the full ability to obliterate everybody the whole time. That's the part that blows my mind. I mean, it's not like he came and was a puny human. He, as soon as somebody, if my daughter even thought about laying her hand on my face. She would go meet Jesus right away. But Jesus himself had such a care and a love for us that he endured all of that. You know, he dies on the cross. He, he, he resurrects. He appears. Let's not forget that. And then he ascends. And where is he now? Sitting at the right hand of the Father doing what? Interceding. What in the world? How does it fuel? I'm amped right now. Why? Because I am self-aware of my sin and my desperate need for him. And so it's for me to actually to be able to convey that to others. I know my testimony. I was sexually molested by two men in my family. One for years and another one for a long period of time. And then going to that situation. Just recently, they told me I was going to live through my pregnancy. I was literally, they were like, do not get up, do not stand up, or you will have an aneurysm and be out of here at 24 weeks. My daughter came at one pound. Okay? So when, when I know those type of things happen, I know we don't like to pray for, for tragedy and hard times, but there is, I had a very hard life, but there is an intimacy I'm, that I got with God. There is, there's a surety that you can't rock me because I know what it's like for God to be healer. I know what it's like for God to be provider. I know what it's like for God to be all, your all, your everything. And so, yeah, I, I, that's, I'm fueled. I'm in. Where's the fire? So how about you um, tell us? Yeah, we can pretty much wrap it up after that. Um, like, uh, um, all right. Uh, yeah, so I'm, what, what was the question? See, I already lost. Uh, how did you become? Uh, I, so for me, I came to know the Lord in 05. I was 16. There was a girl on my volleyball team who I would hang out with her family. And they, I just didn't understand how did they have so much love and compassion for each other. And I just was very intriguing to me. Um, she shared with me at one point that you can have a relationship with God, which um, growing up kind of Catholic, I was like, what? Um, I don't relationship. I have never heard that word with God together. Um, and so long story short, she share, shared the gospel with me and um, the Lord saved me. I didn't even know what like spoken word was. Um, actually, I remember because I was in 10th grade, we had poetry assignments and uh, my friend who shared the gospel with me was like, you were terrible at poetry. You were yeah. the worst. <laughs> um, I liked writing essays and doing PowerPoint presentations in school. Um, so this was when, when I saw her, the girl who shared the gospel with me, her sisters do some spoken word as like a gift for their mom. I saw it on a video and I was like, that is cool. Um, I never imagined myself doing it though. So um, for me, 
everything has been birthed from um, the gospel and uh, just being in relationship with God. Um, I've, when I think about uh, the last, man, we're old. I'm getting old. I think oh five. No, don't say that to me. I'm the oldest person up here. Me. Don't say that to me. Um, <laughs> so the last decade, wow, um, of you know walking with Christ and uh, the poems that have come out of that. Usually they come out of um, prayer times. You know. Um, just praying and then maybe some concept comes in my mind and uh, I tend to want to journal and write through uh, wherever I'm at in my relationship with God. And a lot of times it just, well, in the beginning, it really just kept coming out as poetry. And so um, for me in my craft, what it's take, I don't know if you've heard of the imposter syndrome. I just learned that term last year and I was like, that's my life is the feeling that you don't belong no matter how many accomplishments you have, no matter how well you do, no matter how many people tell you you're good at this, you should keep going. Um, there's just a sense of like, they should have asked somebody else. This isn't, this shouldn't be me. Um, and so it took an English teacher in high school seeing one of my poems and she was putting together a poetry slam um, my senior year and was like, Kina, you need to memorize your poems and perform them. And so it took her kind of forcing me to to do that for me to realize, wait, this could really serve people well. This is something I think God has gifted me in. Um, and so it's taken a lot of key people to really encourage me, um, even to be here today. Uh, but uh, as far as the how the gospel shapes my craft, it, it really is. I do see just a theme of um, just walking with the Lord wherever I'm at. It tends to just kind of come out in poetry um, for me. I'm just now, like what you were saying, in terms of taking your craft seriously and really wanting to learn the... Um, figures of speech and, and all of these things, I, I'm just starting to really start to kind of take that seriously. And um, I've found, because before I would always kind of just, this is very immature, I, I would just sort of wait for like a cloud of inspiration to just come and be like, here it is, which would happen a, like a good amount of times. Um, but now being given assignments or say, can you write something for this project or can you do that? Um, or just challenging myself to write more frequently. Um, that's the discipline that I think I've, I tend to lack and that I'm trying to work on. Um, but I think that just goes to show like the Lord um, just growing us just as people and, and in our craft. And those two, those two things tend to go together um, for me. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Gospel Coalition podcast. For more gospel-centered resources, visit thegospelcoalition.org.